Hello and welcome back to another episode of Under the Lights. Last week we had a look at a tier list, a bit of fun, and now we're crashing back down to reality with the Leeds game this weekend. My name's Tom Murray. My name's Callum Wilson and this is Under the Lights. Uh, Callum, we had quite a bit of fun doing that tier list. What a way to sort of come crashing back down to earth. Well, you could, yeah, I mean, I've, I've got a bit more of a positive outlook on that. <laughs> I'm happy that the Premier League's back, mate. Been two weeks, but it seemed like a lot longer. Uh, these international breaks are too frequent and too long. Oh, they really are. Uh, uh, who are England playing tonight? Is it is it Hungary? Yeah, I've, I found out earlier that they're playing tonight, um, which just about says it all, to be honest. But I imagine I'll still watch it. Yeah, it's one of those where you think, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to watch it. I'm not really bothered. And then you're sat in front of the TV and you think, I might as well just pop it on and listen to Glenn Hoddle and Sam Matterface just rattle on about random shite. So, um, Lee Dixon. Oh, oh <sighs> makes me shiver. But yeah, uh, I've, uh, yeah, I haven't got much planned tonight. So I'll uh, I imagine I'll, I'll probably end up sitting and watching that. Uh, not too bad. Prowse got himself a goal, penalty, penalty taker. Missed it, so I suppose anyone who argues that he should have gone to the Euros because he would have won us the uh, the cup in the shootout, he couldn't even beat a postman in goal. So, um, good save though, that wasn't it? Yeah, it was a cracking save. Off. He obviously finished off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll count. Yeah, to be fair to the keeper, he, t- he did pull off a really good save. Um, but good for Prousey, good following up and left footed. He got it into quite a tight area of the goal as well, um, right in that bottom corner. So, um, fair play to him. And I thought. Gen- generally from the highlights I saw he seemed to be okay um, again not too bothered about the England games it's nice that Prousey got in on the actions so that'll do his confidence the world of good even if he is sort of the um, sort of the, the second hand man He's o- he was only in it because of Calvin Phillips being injured and that takes us on to the game this weekend because uh, Leeds themselves are having a bit of an injury bout at the moment yeah well they've, they've struggled uh, slightly before the um before the international break, didn't they, in their game? I forget who it was that they had now. Was it Liverpool? I... They Liverpool, didn't they? Got, got beaten comprehensively at home to Liverpool, I think, was the last. Oh, no, uh... and then they had Watford at home. They beat Watford, but they still still had a few yeah. injuries, didn't they? You know, Bamford, yeah. um, Phillips, a few at the back, the likes of Ailing. Uh, they're happy to have Llorente back, and he obviously got the goal, which, which, which won them the game. But still a few of those... Um, Injuries hovering around and uh, question marks over possibly their best player, Rafinha. Um, it's very and, unlikely and that he'll thing. play. It's very unlikely that he'll play. I think uh, Tite, the Brazilian coach, said that he wouldn't allow any of them to leave early. And of course, Brazil have got a game on Thursday evening. So there is no way that he starts. He might be on the bench. I think if it, at best it will be the bench. There is no way I can see him starting that game. Uh, at the weekend, which is a big bonus for Saints because he is their best player hands down. And if the if that can be paired with um, emissions of Phillips, Bamford, Ailing, then it's almost gearing up to be a, a game that Saints really have no excuses for for not winning. Yeah, true. But at the same time, uh, Leeds will be looking at Saints and thinking this might be a good time to to play us because we've got a, a potential uh, couple of players that are out. Obviously, James Ward-Prowse 
is out suspended. He's 102 straight Premier League appearances and out, unfortunately, chasing down that record. Frank Lampard's quite a way off. I think he's around 150, but uh, mm. he was he was only about 13 away from the second ever in terms of outfield players. Yeah, he got Brad Friedel up at like 300 or something. <laughs> something he doesn't but, even have to do any running. Yeah, but uh, Kay Adams picked up a knock. Not sure yep. how serious that's going to be. Uh, player for Scotland. Um, and Stuart Armstrong was on the bench and was unused, which Saints fans, I think, will be pleased mm. to have seen. Although uh, I'd imagine they've got another game. Yeah, you know, I've only just realised that England have got a game tonight, so I'm, I'm not au fait with, uh, with Scotland's fixtures, I must say. No, but whether Armstrong plays or not, I think uh, it's... He, he had an interview, I think it was quite maybe last week, I think probably about Wednesday or Thursday, where he talked about the complications. If he thought it was just a, a minor problem, then it turned into a strain and then um, he had another complication with it. So it sounds as though he's had a real, uh, a real couple of setbacks, which is annoying for him and annoying for us because he is arguably one of a, a player that we've been really, really missing. So if he, if he comes through that and Ralph says, yeah, he's able to play then. Fingers crossed. As for Adams, we'll have to wait and see. But uh, I think if he doesn't play, um, he hasn't exactly been outstanding this year. And it will give maybe the likes of Armando Broja to have a go um, partnering Adam Armstrong at top instead of just playing as a lone striker. Well, absolutely. I suppose where Che Adams uh, had the disappointment of injury, um, Armando Broja continues his... Uh, his march towards the World Cup and, and dragging the, the country of Albania with him. He got another goal, really impressive goal. I don't know if you got to see it. But I it did. Was, uh, it was a lovely really finish. Well it was a good run and, and really well taken. He's a handful when he's uh, when he's in the mood. Yeah, it was, uh, for, for those of you who haven't seen it, he got the ball sort of, as far as I can see, he went on for a bit of a run and then he, on the very right, edge of the penalty area down that right channel he sort of just took it into the box and I'd say from quite an angle he just struck it low across the goalkeeper into the far corner and you may or may not have seen the tweet from Southampton over the weekend but uh, the commentator certainly enjoyed that goal um, lots of screaming lots of shouting and I didn't realise Albania are second in England's group now you're saying you're yeah, sort of dragging in our group, aren't they? yeah yeah well, I think uh, I think if England win tonight against Hungary, then um, they'd be doing Albania a real, real, real favour uh, because I think it was Hungary that he scored against. I think that was kind of the yeah the, the, big, the big game for second in mm. the group. But uh, very good that good for Saints keeps his confidence up. Other international players who've done well, um, Elianusi scored for Norway as well. So you know, got two, did he not? Yes, yes, he did. <laughs> So, I mean, for an international break, it's not been bad for the confidence of Saints players. And, uh, you know, Walprow's getting a goal, Broger getting a goal, Elianusi, and maybe even if Armstrong comes on for maybe 10 minutes or so um, today, I think it's a win-win for us. Because if he comes on, that shows that he's fit and he's ready. Um, and if he doesn't, then he's fully rested. Uh, fingers crossed that he can uh, play a part on Saturday. So, all in all... I think it's, I mean, of course, if he comes on for the last 10 minutes and then gets a broken leg, uh, that would be um, certainly not, not, ideal. Uh, not ideal. No, but um, yeah, I'm feeling. Well, he's, he's, he's got, um, they've got, I've just had a look. They've got uh, the Faroe Islands away. So what you would hope is that that game 
should be done and dusted. You'd think mm. it is Scotland, but done and dusted with uh, you know, a fair bit of time left on the clock. And if he comes on just to uh, have a bit of a run out for, for 15, 20 minutes, that would be that would be ideal for Saints. He was on the bench against Chelsea, didn't come on. He's clearly, you know, nearing that fitness level just needs a bit of uh, a few minutes under his belt get that bit of match fitness because he hasn't played all season for Saints has he and, no. and clearly he was fit enough to be included in the squad for Scotland but it'd be good he would have been on the training gra- training ground with them for for you know most of the two weeks the whole time that they're they're away so uh, hopefully when he comes back uh, he'll be available but it'd be interesting to see how we go about it because you've obviously got Diallo who's a like for like kind of central midfield replacement potentially for Ward-Prowse but we've also seen Armstrong play in that position and uh, alongside Ward-Prowse so you'd think he'd be even more suited to play alongside Romeo as that more attacking of the, of the midfield too if that is the uh, first formation that Saints choose to go because we're playing a lead side of course that um, play by their own rules uh, mm. make up their own formation and, um, and play in a very different way but still, even with those injuries, will remain uh, a big threat at St Mary's. Absolutely. And we didn't have the best of luck against them last season. We'd lost both games against them without scoring. Um, it, both matches seemed to go the same way. We had fantastic first halves and then fell apart in the second. I know that was a running, a bit of a running theme for the second half of last season. Um, but still, uh, we, seem to, we seem to do really well against them in the first half. Uh, of, of both matches. Of course, there was the one, the, the game at St. Mary's with the fans back. And I think that certainly impacted uh, the first 45 where Saints were just getting forward really, really quickly, mounting lots of attacks, but just couldn't score. And then Leeds, they struck in both games, they struck very quick after half time. And from then Saints were trying to chase the game and they wrapped it up in the last 10 minutes for both. So they certainly will know how to play against Ralph's side. However, um, whilst they were sort of the media darlings last year, they have been. It's been a poor start for them. Yeah, yeah. I think last season, like you said, three 0 and two 0 suggests that we uh, we didn't really have their number. But uh, up at Ellen Road, we we were okay. I think a couple of errors came in. One from the goalkeeper, I remember. I think Rafinha or, or someone hit a free kick and, and kind of went through the keeper. And then that that strange game towards the end of last season where Leeds came back, it was the first time that any number of fans, you know, limited capacity to come in St Mary's and it was kind of just a drab end of season, neither team had anything to play for. Um, first, not even the whole first half, the beginning of the game was kind of competitive and Phillips and Ward-Prowse in the middle was was a good watch, uh, the Saints man having the better off, off things. And then at half-time, um, they made some changes uh, I think I think Phillips was playing that game. Maybe it was one of the changes. Either way, I remember Bielsa making some changes and he um, he changed it up, changed the game because we were the better side in the first half. Second half, we we didn't really react to that and it kind of just meandered to a to a two 0 win. Even even at one 0 when Bamford scored, Saints never really looked like scoring an equaliser. And it was one of those where we just we wanted the, the end of the season to to come really quickly because we hadn't we hadn't won a game in such a long time. We're on that horrible run. Um and really it was a season we wanted to to end. And uh and and it did. And and like you said, the Leeds so far this season haven't quite been the uh exciting, threatening side that they were 
last year. They've obviously brought in the likes of Dan James, but they've had their injury problems. I wouldn't go as far as saying second season syndrome because I do think they're going to be too good to be involved in that relegation fight. But again, they were lucky last time out. They did dominate Watford, but the strangest of disallowed goals um, meant that they, they came away with, with more than a point. Watford were hard done by their Melier just completely flat, dropped the ball in his own goal uh, off Cooper's head and, and strangely a foul was given, even though it was Cooper that was dragging the Watford man down. So definitely an opportunity for Saints. We are missing our main man in the middle, uh, but we've, we've got less injury problems than they have. Let's put it that way. And after such a difficult start to the season with them fixtures, like we've mentioned uh, pretty much all year, every week we've been saying, oh yeah, the hard fixtures are almost over. Wait until we get to that spell where we have those five games and we'll go on to talk about those a bit uh, later. But this is it now. We've had the hard games. We've played well away at Chelsea. Didn't come off for us. We played well away and got the draw against Man City. We've played all right against those hard, hard teams. But the likes of Wolves, the likes of Newcastle, where we failed to get three points, those are the games now where Ralph and the players will be judged. And it starts with Leeds on Saturday. It really does. And I think this is going to be different much, much different from the from the Wolves game because Wolves at the time, they're under their new manager, they they stay compact, they sat back. Leeds don't do that. They don't sit back and wait for and and, and are happy for the other team to to have the ball and try and break them down. Leeds are gun ho. I reckon the I reckon this game is going to be two sides who think, yes, we can get a win in this game. And I think it's going to be incredibly end to end. I think it could be quite high scoring, Q a nil nil. But, uh, but I think there's going to be a lot of space to attack. And I think this could be the game that Armstrong gets his second goal of the season. That's Adam Armstrong. Um, but because I think he is going to find that space in behind. And I really think it's going to be a game where we are going to have to take those chances because against Wolves, they sat very deep. They were very compact at the back. It was very difficult to break them down. We really struggled. Their goalkeeper pulled off some really good saves. Melier is a great keeper, but he also has an absolute clangor in him. And I think it's this is where we've got to, as disappointing as Wolves was, I think now this is the next game where we have got to be like, okay, those four points, those draws that the big clubs meant something. We're going to build on that. And uh, I think... There's there's going to be a lot of space to exploit, but Leeds obviously have danger men, so I think it could be quite high scoring. How do you see the uh, the game potentially swinging on those? Well, the main injuries, or not injuries, but uh, uh, suspension and, and injury of Phillips and Ward Prowse, because both of them are, I would say, are the players that you can least afford to lose in the side. I think Ward Prowse. As we said, 102 straight appearances for Saints. Most of them, the vast majority of them being starts. We're going to be without him for a couple of games. Um, and we have we don't know what our team looks like without James Royal Prowse. It's been so long. Calvin Phillips, we know, is integral to Leeds because there isn't really anyone else that can play that role. Now, just looking at the availability in the team, they do have Stroik back from that suspension. Um, he is he is available again. However, with Ailing not playing and uh, no uh, no cock available, um, <laughs> boy, I, we'll uh, 
we'll have to see if he's going to play in that holding midfield role or if he's going to play in the back three. Uh, Cooper and Lorente are going to play there. Potentially Cresswell, the young lad who, who did play in that uh, in one of the last games. But if Stroik comes in there, then really I don't see who's going to sit in that midfield because they play Dallas and Furpo. They play with a 3-3-3-1, don't they? It's really odd, but Dallas on the right, Furpo on the left, and Phillips in the middle. If he's not there, I'm not sure how they're going to go about it because I'll have a look in a minute, but I get the feeling that Stroik played in that position mm. at St Mary's last season and we dominated. And then I think they might have brought Phillips on. I'll have a look, but there was definitely well, the, the midfield, in the middle of the midfield, they really struggled. And you'd think that if Bielsa remembers that, which you assume he would, he'll be he'll be trying his, his damnedest to to um, put someone in there that's not going to let him down. Because the rest of the four positions, you're okay. You know, Bamford, yeah, main striker, but Rodrigo will play there. Um, if Rafina doesn't play, then they'll have James and Harrison playing. You know, Click will play in the number 10. You know, like I said, Stroik can come in for Ailing. You know, their, their squad is okay in that respect. But I, I think they're still missing a replacement if Calvin Phillips doesn't play. Well, one thing I, on, on that Calvin Phillips note, one thing I think I remember from the beginning, beginning of the season was that because of the Euros, Phillips didn't start the first few games for Leeds. And I know we're not Manchester United, but I remember Leeds fans at the time saying that his absence was so glaringly obvious yeah. um, against them and in the early games that it was actually frightening how open they were through the middle. Now, of course, he could come back for in, from injury and this conversation is completely null and void. But if he's not, this is an opportunity to, for Saints to really, really take advantage of that. And I, it's, it's a strange one. Obviously, we don't know what this Saints team is like without Ward Prowse. We haven't known what it's like for the last few years. However, I think maybe Armstrong playing in the centre, if, he, if he's fit, I think we could actually almost play better in a way. And hear me out, because of his mobility. And whilst Ward Prowse is obviously the heartbeat of the Saints team, I think what Armstrong can offer differently in that role is his, obviously, his technical ability on both feet. I think Ward Prowse is very one-footed, but Armstrong has that mobility and he also has that burst of pace. And I think if he sees a gap in the middle, he's someone that can really burst forward into that, whereas Ward Prowse doesn't necessarily do that all the time. So if, and I think Diallo to an extent also has that sort of, guile to get forward as well and also be very good on the ball so if Phillips isn't playing I think there's a real opportunity for those two players Armstrong or Diallo whoever plays um, to really exploit that area and I think they could be um, it could actually be quite exciting especially to see what Armstrong can do in that position yeah yeah no I agree I, I've, I've just had a look um, at half time they, they made a double sub they took off Urente and Phillips I believe it was injury related and they mm. brought on Berardi to play at the back and Stroik came in to play in holding midfield and that changed things because they had a, a defender playing holding midfield in there because Saints were getting behind them on the counter-attack with ease. It was very open as you get with Leeds and although we hadn't scored, I seem to remember us having a lot of chances and as good as Phillips is, he's, he's not completely defensive-minded. You know, he, he, was, he does get forward as well. Once they put Stroik in there, it kind of nullified and it clogged that sort of 
gap in the middle. Uh, so I, I, I wonder if we might see Cresswell play at the back and then Stroike play in a holding midfield. If Phillips does play, and we know Warprouse can't, does that give the advantage to Leeds? Because although they're missing other players, that that is kind of the main area for them. I don't think so. Uh, I'll say that because if he does play, I don't think he's going to be at full fitness and he certainly will be out of match fitness for a while because he's, he's just coming back from injury. So I don't see him playing the full game if he does play. Uh, but also I think that the... Whilst obviously he can maybe keep Saints out with the with mopping up the the ball in the middle, if they're lacking someone like Rafinha, then he's probably their main. And if Bamford's not going to play, then he's their main attacking outlet. And as good as Rodrigo has been, I don't think he has that um, ability to win the game on his own. Whereas Rafinha does have that spark. I think he if if we if we're being honest here, if he does play. I think out of the bo both sides, he's the one player from either team that can win the game on his own with a moment of magic. Yeah, yeah, I agree. If you're of the belief that he won't play, I mean, we're literally, we're literally thinking if he does come back, it will be it'll be quite late on Friday. So mm. the likelihood is, especially if he's played a ninety minutes on the Thursday, is he really going to be able to play? I suppose if anyone can play two games in three days, it's a Leeds player because they're, they're drilled to do so. But assuming that he doesn't start, and let's talk about Saints and, and mm. what lineup we think we'll go with, or maybe what lineup we think we should, because it's hard to predict uh, Arsenal, especially after an international break. Um, often the players that have been away don't play. The players that have been on the training ground do. Mm. So maybe a likes of Diallo will play ahead of Armstrong, etc. Um, although, yeah, Stuart Armstrong hasn't played yet since he's been away. But <clears throat> particularly, I'm interested in what you think in terms of uh, the left back because Walker Peters has played there. Perrault, I've been impressed with when I've seen him. I wonder if the choice of of, of left back is um, is down to or in some regard, down to the, the opposition. Because if you play someone like... If you're playing up against Rafinha, who plays on the right wing, but he doesn't, he, he comes inside, do you play a Walker-Peters who's right-footed to kind of mm. follow him in there? And then if, if he's not playing and Dan James is an out-and-out -out winger, then do you play Perot to face him up? Or do you just trust Perot to do a job regardless on Rafinha? And, and you know, if he does come in field then the likes of Romeo or Diallo should be able to pick him up. I think we trust Perot with this one because I think he's get, we're going to need his attacking input. Um, there's going to be space to exploit. And I've seen him so far this season play some really wicked early balls. And I think there's going to be that space for him to exploit, um, especially if Armstrong can make the early runs. And again, it's unlikely that Rafinha plays. So he's probably going to come, across Dan, come against Dan James. And whilst Dan James has a brilliant amount of pace. His final ball is dreadful. Um, he's very much running in a straight line kind of player and hit and hope it into the box. So, of course, he's going to score a hat-trick now that I've said that. But I feel that this is a game where we don't necessarily need to be keeping leads out, like maybe against Chelsea when you want to have a more experienced person um, like Walker-Peters playing at left-back, someone that we can trust in the Premier League. We've bought Perot because he's a good left-back and 
there's no point in getting him if we're getting to these kind of games where there will be space to to exploit and then not playing him. I'm interested, actually, on the right side, as you said, with the, the international uh, who's been playing in internationals, whether Tino Livramento might actually have a rest and Walker Peters plays instead of him because Livramento did start for the England under-21s. I know it was yesterday, I think, but obviously if Ralph wants to continue not playing or not starting those who have played in the international break, then that could be quite an interesting one, whether Walker Peters plays in his preferred position or whether um, the golden boy does it as, does it instead. Yeah, I, I do see Livermento. I know what you're saying, but I do see him and I think Ralph sees him uh, as undroppable at the moment. I think he's arguably been our player of the season thus far. Um, maybe not too arguably, and and I, I think we're blessed with the in the right back position, which is lovely to say because last season we uh, we were not um, Walker Walker Peters is out and we were struggling. So I think we've obviously had an unbelievable opportunity for five million pounds to get Tino Livramento. Whether whether he's come along quicker than Arsenal has expected, and he initially signed him to think he'd start on the bench or whether he knew he'd be as good as he was, but you're just going to take up that opportunity and give yourself the headache of Walker Peters later. I don't know. But the difficult position he's in is that he's two of his best players play in the same position and he's still trying to find a way to not only get them both on the pitch, but still get the best out of them. I don't think you get the best out of Walker Peters by playing him at left back. I like a left footed left back. Perot gets up and down that wing he can push the likes of Dallas back. He's got good energy, good pace. I think he gives us something. And like you said, he's got a great delivery. Um, and if Brozier's on the pitch, I think that's important because you'll have Armstrong uh, sniffing around any of those crosses. But Brozier there for his you know, aerial dominance too. So I'd be interested to see. I think most of the positions kind of pick themselves. I think... I think we know McCarthy will play. We know the centre-backs will be Salisu and uh, Benarek. I think Livermento generally is is safe at right-back. Yeah. The left-back is a question, but I would go with Perot. Mm -hmm. I think uh, Romeo will definitely play. Ward-Prowse yeah. would, but the other position's up for grabs. I expect Diallo to play there because Elianusi and Armstrong have been away. Quick note on the centre mids. I know he's not going to um, unlikely to start, but I think um, it's how great it is to see Will Smallbone come back and be another option after a horrendous injury. I know we touched on it in our last episode, but I think obviously if he's if he's back and playing, then he can be involved in the squad and maybe even make an appearance on the bench before War Prowse comes back from uh, from suspension. Yeah, I'm not sure that he's available to to start yet, or no. if he'd be if he'd be uh, given that responsibility with the likes of Diallo around. But yeah, another good opportunity, another good option. And he does like Smallbone. We know when he was fit, he was getting a lot of time on that right uh, right 10 position. I still don't think that's where he's best placed on no. the pitch. But uh, but still, you know, I, I, I think he's um, he's a player for the future and, and we've got to manage him because he's had a long-term injury. But I think Diallo will probably play uh, alongside Romeo. Uh, I'd, I'd expect Adam Armstrong to play because he's he's I think he's our main man up front and he hasn't been away on international duty. I then wonder, I mean, it depends because I would like to see Brozier play. I would like to see Brozier play because he's he's in form 
He's coming off the back of, of another good performance with Albania. We don't know what he's going to do if he's got another game. Um, and I just think he, a little and large up front, I know it's old school. It's a bit it's a bit Crouch and Phillips. It's a bit BT and Ormerod. But uh, if we're going to play two up there, I think it's good to have that kind of dy- dynamism. It's the wide positions again. If he's fit, Stuart Armstrong should start, mm-hmm. in my opinion. If he's not, then obviously we, you know, he'd have to be on the bench. But I'd like him to play. And I think I'd like Elianusi to play because, again, similar to, similarly to Brozier, he's just scored another two goals with Norway. Um, he's clearly, his confidence is high. He's on fire. Let's take advantage of that. I know he's been away, but let's let's use it. He's got match fitness, which the, the players that have been on the training ground might have been drilled tactically for this game for two weeks, but they don't have that match fitness that some of these other lads do. And let's be honest, we've seen international breaks where these players have had stuff drilled into them and then we come back and he uses those players and we do absolutely fuck all. So let's let's give our form players some game time. So I'd I'd like to see in, in you know, I'd like to see Diallo and Romeo play in the middle so we've got a solid base so then we can have the likes of Armstrong or both Armstrongs, Brozier and Elianusi. Uh I just wonder if he's gonna go down the road of Let's just use the players that have been training. We might see Redmond up front. Uh, we might see Gineppo on the left. And that's kind of what, what we're getting used to when we see the uh, when we see the team sheet. We're talking about how exciting that sort of team can be that we've just put out. But then we, we see the same old names um, and they, they bring up the same old performances. If I see Nathan Redmond starting up top with Adam Armstrong at the weekend, I might scream. Uh, don't put that thought into my mind because now you've said it. Brozier's on international duty. Adams is injured. It's going to be it or he's going to put Walcott up there. My ideal team that I want to see is same as yours in terms of Romeo Diallo. If he's fit, Armstrong and Elianusi. If he's not fit, Elianusi and Teller. Um, but Of course, Nathan Teller, yeah. Of course. Um, Forget about him, don't we? Because he doesn't get much game time. But yeah, no, definitely he should be involved. So... Yeah, and then up from Adams and, and Broger. So it's Adams? Ar- Adam Armstrong. There we go. See, I'm already getting confused and we're only a couple of months in it. So I can't remember. Did you say, are you are you at the, you're not at the game this weekend because what's happening on Friday, mate? Oh, just adding another a year to the ticker, mate, on Friday. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. It's not my game to do anyway, but um, I imagine I'll have plans this weekend to celebrate my... Uh, my birthday. Well, fingers crossed that Saints can deliver a birthday three points at the weekend. Um, you mentioned Walcott, though. I, I, you know mm. what? I think he, he probably will start Walcott um, and have Armstrong, uh, yeah, uh, Stuart Armstrong on the bench anyway, because uh, I think he likes Walcott and also he's been on the training field with him. So I don't think he's going to try too, too many of those players that have been away a week. We've mentioned who we think will start. Uh, no, sorry, who we hope will start. What I actually think is going to be the team is McCarthy, Livramento, Walker-Peters on the left with um, Bednarik and Salisu. In the middle, Diallo, Romeo, Nathan Redmond up top with Gineppo and Walcott either side and everyone screaming in the ground saying, what are you doing? Because I want to go on to... Um, the the four game this run of games in general 
would you say this run of games is season defining or is that too strong a term? Um, yeah, I think in a way it is season defining. I mean, depends on, on how you define season defining. But I, in my opinion, by the end of it, and, and once we get to the end of that Norwich game, that is um, that's the last weekend in November, I believe. So <laughs> we could either be right in a relegation scrap, you know, in, in the bottom three, or we could have picked up enough points to be, you know, considerably high up the table. And, and, and you know, it, psychologically, the season changes based on, on where you are at that point and what you're fighting for. And for me, you know, if we can get a few wins and we can find ourselves up in, you know, the top of the bottom half, you know, 12th, 13th sort of position, then... I think we can relax a little bit. I think there's less pressure. I think we can can play our football. We've shown that we can compete against the bigger teams. And I just think psychologically it's huge because we've seen how kind of flimsy we can be as a first team squad uh, when when it comes to you know the psychology and, and runs of without winning and stuff like that. If we get to the end of this run of five games and we don't have a win, we're bang in trouble. If, even if we just have one win, say we beat Norwich in that last game uh, or, or Burnley or whoever, we still need more than that. You know, I, I, th- I think we need a minimum of two wins from this spell of five. And I do think we've got the capability to do it. But it, come the end of November, we're either going to be in the bottom, th- <coughs> bottom three going into, towards Christmas. And suddenly that busy period of Christmas becomes huge where we see if this bigger squad has us uh, in a better position to deal with it. Or, or like I said, we've, we've already started to compete and we're kind of in, in the middle of the pack and we can start looking up the table. Yeah, I think you're completely right. And of course, we're playing teams around us. So if we're not beating them, then they're getting points and getting even further away from us. And who knows? I mean, quite a few of the teams that we're playing at the moment don't have wins uh, or very few. And that might be a victory against us might be the match that kickstarts their good run of fortunes because when when we come out of that uh, this run of games Norwich is the last one I mean Norwich I'm just having a look at the fixtures here that comes after the November international break so if we're you know if we're still winless then we've got two weeks building up to what is an absolutely massive game and because after the Norwich game we've got Liverpool away Leicester at home even Brighton at the moment is a very difficult game and then it's Arsenal away Palace away and and you know Brentford West Ham Spurs it's a very tricky run of fixtures to bring us up to the end of the year and thankfully we're playing Newcastle on the 1st of January so I doubt that they will have signed Mbappe and Haaland within the first day (laughs) Um, so you know getting that one out of the way but even after Newcastle, it's Wolves and then Man City it's and Tottenham and Man United all in a row. Uh, this is, I'm just having a look at the rest of our fixtures for the rest of the season. And I know it completely depends on what happens um, to the teams throughout the season in terms of teams that could be difficult fixtures now turn out to be easy ones going forward because of a turn of turn in their fortunes like us last season, top of the league. And then by the end of the season, we're considered an easy game and the whipping boys. Um, I can't actually see a run of fixtures at the moment that looks as good as this. So if we want to actually pick I up can, some form, uh, I can find one because okay. stra- strangely enough, we have the exact with the exact five fixtures that we're about to embark on 
in reverse order uh, from the, so the 26th of February, we've got Norwich, then Villa, then Watford, then Burnley, then Leeds, and then Chelsea, which we've just had. So, which is, which strangely is the exact reverse of what we uh, have just had. Chelsea, Leeds, uh, then Burnley, then Watford, then Villa, then, then Norwich. Yeah, really odd. That is that is odd. However, the only p- counterpoint I'd make to that is that the games against Villa, Burnley, and Leeds are all away from home. Um, True, but which, in terms of the opposition, strangely, yeah. it's exactly the same. You know, you've got home games against Norwich and Watford in there. Yeah, uh, which a couple of seasons ago, I remember remember playing them twice in the in the space of a week and getting uh, two wins, which was absolutely huge for us at the time. So. Mm. Yeah, but but um, yeah, that's that's a side note. That's just a, that's, I've just noticed that's a yeah. weird way. Pictures. But what it does say is that we're kind of playing in in spells. We have a difficult run, then we have a good run where we can get some points. Then we've got another another difficult run up to Christmas, and then we've got a bit of a better run. And, and what we need to do is keep in the fight until we have these runs of fixtures, and then we have to take advantage of them. Mm-hmm. If we don't. Then we're going to be at the wrong end, and we we just hope that what we do is good enough to finish in the top seventeen. But right now, looking ahead, we've got two games in a week at St Mary's against Leeds and Burnley, where we should be looking to to get maximum points. And then the two of the next three games are, are against two sides that have come up with a home game against Villa and the return of. Danny Ings and amongst it. So mm. I, I think there's definitely an opportunity. You know, we should be winning our home games against teams around us. And then away from home, we should be beating the sides that have come up. I know it's easier said than done. But if we do that, then that's 12 points. So, you know, how many points would you deem a minimum to be an acceptable amount from, from these next five games? That's you know, I know we're talking about how... Yeah, essentially, this could be the be-all and end-all for Ralph. Mm. If it all goes terribly wrong, then he'll be gone. But but how how many points is kind of okay? We've we've done the minimum we need to do here. Nine and nine and above. So either two wins, three draws, so to remain unbeaten in the, in that mm-hmm. spell, or to get three wins from somewhere. I think we need to be wins. I think. The wins have to be at least um, beating Burnley at home and Norwich away. And then, you know, Leeds, I can see being a draw. Uh, Watford, I think, away could be a tricky one. Villa is a di- is, is the hardest fixture out of all of them because although they're in that position, they're not as high as they want to be in the position of the table. They've got some fantastic players and they're certainly a work in progress at the moment. Um we have to be beating Burnley at home. We have to be beating Norwich away, bare bare minimum in terms of in terms of that. So, I'm gonna I'm still gonna stick with I, I'm gonna stick with nine points. We we we're not at a point in this. We're at a point in the season now where just getting draws on their own. Uh, we need to start if we want to be out. If we don't want to be in trouble, we need to start pulling away from the pack. This is the biggest run of fixtures that we have to do that. Yeah, and Ward-Prowse misses those two home games through suspension. But then he's back for the 30th of October, which is uh, which is Watford away, um, which 
I've been, I seem to remember him scoring a free kick last time at Vicarage Road. So, uh, yeah, he'll he'll be in. He'll be back in for that three-game run of, of Watford away, Villa at home, Norwich away, and we're just hoping that the boys can do enough without him, which I'm sure they can. You know, he's he's been a big player for us and he's never present, but we've not seen what we can do without him, and we might be pleasantly surprised. This is the opportunity for someone like Diallo to really step up, Armstrong to come in, Elianusi, whoever plays in that midfield role. Uh, it will be interesting. I'm looking forward to the game against Leeds uh, on Saturday. I won't be working that game. Um, as I said, I've got other plans. I will be at the game against Burnley um, as a supporter rather than working. I'll be, I'll be going to that one. So between those two games, I mean, if we don't get a win out of those two games, I think... We might have to end this the podcast. There's huge, there's huge pressure on that away game against Watford. So, uh, yeah, are you, what are you predicting for Saturday? We talked about the, all, all the permutations possibly of injuries and we, we really don't know who's going to play. Does, does it, for you, does it rest on whether Calvin Phillips plays or, I mean, I know you said it doesn't necessarily make them the favourites, but it's I think it's huge for them. Yeah. Do you, do you think we win on Saturday? Or would you take a draw? I, you know what? No, I wouldn't take a draw. We need to be winning. Um, this is, Ralph has had two weeks to, with the majority of his players to set up in the in a massive game to get a victory. Anything below a win, I think, for this weekend is not, whilst it's not, not unacceptable, I think it's going to be really, really disappointing. We need to go into this run of fixtures with a bang and, um, I know we have the running joke for this season anyway of saying we're going to lose um, 5-0 or whatever. This is a big opportunity to beat uh, an underperforming Leeds side who will most likely be without their be their better players. There isn't really a much better time to play them at the moment. Um, we've got to be winning. And I'm going to go for... I'm going to go for 1-0 Saints. I think it's going to be a really close game. I know I said there's going to be loads of goals. I was about to say, did you, did you tell us to get the money on, on numerous goals and then you go for a KG 1-0? KG 1-0. I'm going to go for a KG 1-0. Do, do you think we'll sit in and try and hit them on the counter and defend first as we, as we have in our last two home games? No, I think we're going to go at it from the very off. I think we are, we'll... Ralph will tell them, I just hope we don't wear ourselves out after about 10, 15 minutes, because it seems to be a running theme for quite a few games. We start really bright, and then after 10, 15 minutes, when we haven't found a way through, we start to, we just lose us lose a bit of steam. So I, We always I, start like that again at St Mary's, so we always have done. But hmm. that's, it's playing into Leeds' hands, isn't it? I suppose if you want to set up in a way to play against the opposition and nullify them, you sit back, because Leeds are all about winning, winning the ball, pressing as we are really and hitting on the counter-attack and playing with that space and that and, and, and real pace getting forward especially if we've got Harrison and James I can definitely see him playing that way um, but we shall see uh, just before we uh, we head off and call it a day on another one I know uh, as per that last episode you wanted to highlight your uh, week on the fantasy football uh, you are up to the dizzy heights of 28th now it wasn't long ago that you were in the 40s right you got 61 points which is up there as one of the highest in our uh, in our league this week you uh somehow you've plucked out 
I mean, I don't know, a bit of sweet, really, because you managed to get these points, really, on the on the basis of um, of Saints losing. But Trevor Chalaber, you've managed to somehow get into your team, along with Aspilicueta, who both got themselves uh, double digits against Saints, not because of a clean sheet. I mean, if that Ward Prowse penalty hadn't gone in, God knows what points you would have got for those <laughs> two. Um, and uh, Townsend and Decore keep doing it for you, man. But they really do. You, your bench, I mean, you could, your squad's done well, really, because you've had, you've got, got Buemo. Once yeah. again, Buemo on that last sub's killing you. And, uh, and Dunk, they've both got eight points. So, yeah, you're absolutely smashing it. I've uh, hit the panic button on, uh, on wildcard. I only got 41 points, but looking at the kind of top teams, that's pretty much par for the course in this league. Still got uh, Tom with his tricky scummers at the top. And then the highest point scorer this week is... Scrolling through, make sure I don't leave anyone at the bottom. Campbell Lloyd Barnes with uh, Flying Without Ings. And uh, he was flying last week. He played his wild card. But he's got himself 73 points. Oh, what a total. Inside the, uh, almost inside the top 6,000 of all players for that game week. So, yeah, he's done well there. He captained Salah when many didn't. He's got Aspilicueta. He played in Buemo. But just generally, all of his players seem to have brought something to the party. Um, obviously, Ronaldo, for many of us, disappointing. Only in that one point coming on for a few minutes. But all to play for. And... Uh, the unlikely march of Tom Murray up the uh, up the league since that wild card was played. Uh, what an excellent bit of in-game management. Maybe uh, we'll see him in the dugout with, uh, with or without Ralph in not too long. <laughs> well, we live in Hope Callum. As always, it's been a pleasure to chat Saints. If you want to find the podcast, you can find it on Twitter at under underscore Saints. Again, I had to think there. You can find me at T214Murray. You find me at Callum Wilson 21. And as always, stay safe. Stay wonderful.